0: Hey.
1: Welcome to the podcast.
0: Wow, your, your tone completely shifted <laughs> as soon as you press the play this button. This
1: is my customer service voice.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is, let me grab my <laughs> champagne.
1: What's been on your mind lately?
0: Uh, <laughs> I, uh <laughs> a lot. <laughs> let's, get, let's get a more specific question before I just trauma dump on you.
1: <laughs> What's been on your mind lately?
0: The in same, terms of okay. so the same question <laughs> like, twice. you said the same yeah.
1: thing in terms of your career,
0: oh, my career's been going great. um I really actually really like my um position right now. They're gonna be really cool projects. I um, feel like I'm learning a lot. I'm just trying my best every day, so that's really cool.
1: Can you try to explain what you do to someone who knows nothing about that stuff?
0: Yeah, so um basically, like a lot of um data is like really messy in the real world. And, um, I basically just take all that data from all different places and, uh, put them in one spot, um, and make really beautiful, th- um, like, I'll just put it in a position where people can make really pretty things with them, like graphs, compare them, um, you know, cause data is kind of janky by itself, but when you clean it and make it really efficient and put it into the system, then people can actually analyze it and, you know, make decisions based off of it. So I help in that. What's really fun.
1: what's hard about it? Like what's what makes it difficult?
0: I think it's just like you have to um see a lot. Like I feel like um it's kind of like being like any other craft, like being like a plumber or being a uh, carpenter. Like I remember I have, I have a plumbing issue right now, and the plumber came over and we already kind of knew what was the problem, but we just were testing the plumber just to see how how good he was, and we're like, what's what's wrong with our toilet? <laughs> and he he already knew what was wrong with our toilet and he like, he knew how to fix it. And like, I feel like just because of his experience, he could diagnose the problem. And I feel like that's kind of the difficult part about my job and why I'm really glad to have my experiences, just because there's a lot of problems with data. And if it's like the first time that you've seen it, you don't know how to fix it. You don't know how to find the problem. Um, you might try to fix it and then it just it's broken down the line. Um, but I have seen not at all, but I've seen quite a bit. So, um, I think that's where my use comes in, and I'm seeing so much more too now, so I'm really happy in my position. Hmm. Yeah, it's really fun.
1: That is exciting. Is it like, do you think it's more like math or more science related?
0: Uh, I don't really know if it's, when I think science, I think like pipettes and like goggles. (laughs) Um, And it's not even necessarily math either, just because there's some math, but like the computer does a lot of math for you, so it's more about um, knowing how to... Interpret the numbers rather than doing the math itself, so I guess it's oh. still math, but um it's just like it's honestly like a lot of organization, it's a lot of being able to see the bigger picture, a lot of logic, coding, um yeah, just seeing how the pieces fit together yeah I'm not, I'm not really sure what they're called it math or science but it's it's stemmy yeah. it's stem it's somewhere It's there. STEM-y. yeah. I would love to be in this position for like decades. Like, I mean, I really do enjoy this position, but I've like worked at NGOs, I've worked at like government organizations, so it's a lot of fun. It's cool.
1: I'm glad you like it, because this is a new position, right? So you never know if you're actually gonna like it once you get there and do it. Yeah, a couple months
0: in, but I do like it a lot. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: This champagne is so good.
1: Right? I'm such an advocate.
0: You can make this into a popsicle. Like, (laughs) it's so sweet.
1: Wait, you're onto something. So what's been on your mind lately in terms of improv? And I know you're in the conservatory, so mm-hmm. what are some things you're focusing on right now?
0: Uh, I don't know, it's weird. Um, Cause I feel like uh, the conservatory, like there's just so much to learn, but I'm not, I feel like, I feel like in improv, something that I'm not used to is like, everyone's so nice. And uh, am my old troop at Emory, which actually last night, um, Run into an old troop member, which is really fun. Uh-huh. But my initial experience with improv was like after every single scene, you talk it back and you kind of not like you're, you're kind of like really nitty gritty about like what could have been better. Um, and that made me grow so much when I first started improv. And because I really genuinely like really fucking sucked at improv when I started, like I was like, how but like and that's that's like people's reaction, but it's so fun just because like last night I was with um, a fellow troop member named Ruth. And I feel like Ruth really feels uh me on this level, too, because I feel like um, both of us really felt like the weakest link, <laughs> like in our troops. Oh, really? Um, and it was like, it was really rough, especially at the beginning where I was like, I am not as good as these people. Um, but that, you know, they, they gave me really good critique every single scene, and I just got drastically better. So I'm hoping at the conservatory and stuff like that, I can get that sort of critique and just know how to improve, um, because I feel like... In general, like, I love improv, but even when I go to jams, I love to, I love the practice, but, like, every single jam I go to, like, go outside, and then people are like, you did great. No, you did great. And then we all go home, you know? So, I'm, yeah. like, it's, I'm improving because I'm practicing, but I'm not really improving because I'm, like, reflecting or because I know what to work on.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Somebody the other day told me good show, and I didn't even get up there. And yeah. I was like, thanks, that's really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, like, it just goes to show that, you know people aren't gonna give you honest feedback unless you ask for it, usually.
0: Yeah, that's like the improv stereotype. Like someone from improv will go up to you and be like, you did great and you didn't go on stage. Yeah. And then someone in standup, like you'll go up right after someone and then you'll be like, hey, so how's my set? And they're like, who are you? So like <laughs> It's like a completely different situation, but yeah.
1: The communities, improv versus comedy, are so different. And I've talked to some other people about this before, too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are, like, a lot of people in the community who do improv and stand-up. And they've talked about the differences in crowds and, like, the communities of them both. And it's so funny because they're so similar. But yet, the people who do them are so different.
0: I would say they're actually really different. And it kind of makes sense. Like, I feel like it's just um, the form of the comedy that leads to the behavior, Because with improv, you're always doing it with a team. So it's always team-based. That's why, like, everyone's so friendly. You always have to work with each other. You always have to, like, you know. And and also, the cool thing about improv is that, like, all the scenes are new. So even, I don't want to call it bad scenes, but, like, no matter what scene you see, it's always going to be something new. So it's not, like, um, you can still pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, In stand-up, you have to, like, someone told me this once. You almost have to be self-centered to be good at stand-up because it's, like, so nerve-wracking the burp because it's champion (laughs) edit that out (laughs) that was
1: a good one (laughs) or not
0: edit it up um but like you kind of have to be self-centered and stand up and like you have you're like you're literally on stage and your mindset has to be like my words count the most right now like my voice counts the most right now and that's kind of how you have the bravado to go on stage so that kind of goes into the behavior also like there's a lot of cultures like um like in new york and stuff you can hit like five six open mics at night so um there's a lot of like you go do your set and if you've been the game for long enough you're earlier in the list and you get to go up sooner and as soon as you do it um you get to just leave and then go to the next open mic because it's kind of like an efficiency thing yeah um but that really sucks because if you're starting out you're probably towards the end of the list and once it gets to you there's like no one in the audience yeah so there's a lot more of like a grindy mindset with stand-up and a lot a, like it's way worse for mental health I'd say yeah but um, I also think it gets more respect which is like a weird thing for me but um because I don't know I feel like stand-up it, it gets more respect but I've also seen quite a few people that do stand-up struggle when they try to go into other forms of comedy and also vice versa you know improv and other hmm. forms so
1: It's interesting I wonder why
0: I mean, it's just, like, it's just a different type of voice.
1: Do you have... And you don't have to answer this. Yeah. You can answer this as honestly as you want to. Um, but do you have a lot of insecurities when you're performing now? Like, at your level of skill and training? Like, do you still have things up there that make you, like, nervous? Or are you pretty comfortable getting up on any stage?
0: I'm way more comfortable than I used to be. That's for sure. Um i still like hardly ever invite my friends to shows really (laughs) just i mean like if there's like a big show or like you know we fill seats it's nice um like for example like we're doing transit ponds now really do fill those seats so i've been inviting people to those but like i like the fact that like you know i know the improv scene now but like i feel like it's it's less bad to fail in front of them rather than people that know me from like real life yeah so um I get nervous when people are in the crowd that know me but aside from that I feel like in jams and stuff not so much nervous I almost feel like because I'm I've been in the scene not for too long like a little over a year now and people kind of like have an expectation of me like I almost mm. feel like I should really tr- try to be funny or else like they'd be like oh like I remember the first time this ever happened to me I was doing this show in undergrad and then I went up and then I heard someone whisper, which kind of boosted my ego a lot. They're like, oh, this guy's like really good. And I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I need to put on the show. Like, I need to kill it. And I did kill it. But it also, like, I don't know. It's just, it's way more pressure than no one knows you. And you can just do whatever you want. That's so.
1: true. I didn't think about it like that. No. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if, if you also think this is true but i have a hard time inviting non-improvisers to improv shows because i think they just have this idea in their heads of what they expect to see and they don't understand how hard that is Mm -hmm. and you know not like not that improv is so hard but just like what they're imagining in their heads is like professionals right that are really really good at it and i'm like there are some good people no doubt but like a lot of us are still learning and stuff too so i'm like i don't know i get a little self-conscious like i'm not gonna be as good as what they're imagining the show is gonna be you know what i mean
0: yeah um i totally get that and also like you have to like see the next day i feel like (laughs) with the (laughs) comedy show i can just go on stage and like you know um i had really good advice from um someone i consider a mentor maybe i should name drop him his name's maggot he's from oh yeah. yeah 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 And I had a really bad show. <laughs> I had such a bad... It was an office hour show. And I don't think... I mean, like, I might be like... And this is kind of, like, hard because, like, I'll ask people was it a bad show. they would be like, no, it was fine. But I know it was a bad show. <laughs> like, it was bad. I, I ended... Like, the show ended with, like, just the most convoluted scene. And then I was like, oh, the answer to this scene is I should be Avril Lavigne and I should make up with someone. And it made no sense. And I did it. <laughs> and then um, I talked to Maggot about it. And he was like, you know... Uh, a really good practice is like I like have like a thirty minute drive home, yeah. And uh, in that thirty minutes, you know, if I had a really good scene, like hype myself up in that thirty minutes and really like let my ego swell and just really enjoy it. And then once that thirty minutes is over, I'm home. It's gone. On to the next day. And mm-hmm. same with the bad scene. Like uh, you have a really bad scene. And you're like, oh, you're so stupid. What a a dumb, stupid comedian you are. Um, And you can do that to yourself because it's natural. But then after that 30-minute drive home, it's gone. It passes. And then you move on to the next day. And that's what I try to do. But if you have a bad scene and your friends are in the audience, then after the 30 minutes, (laughs) they still fucking remember. So that's the tough part. That's
1: so true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what is a common mistake that you see beginners often make in improv and what's some advice that you would give
0: um I think a common mistake is to try to be funny I feel like that's like the most common mistake actually that I see um which sounds so weird because it's so counterintuitive like yeah. you want to be funny so you're gonna to try to be funny but um like the beauty of improv is in the realness and like like, I always say that, I mean, like, obviously a lot of us were inspired to do improv a show like, Whose Lines Anyways? Or like, the, that's how I was inspired, mm-hmm. and I learned about it, and there's a reason why there's only one show that does improv, <laughs> because improv recorded is so bad, it is so <laughs> bad to watch, like, I've had shows that killed and it's recorded and I go back and watch it, I'm like, I never want to see this again. <laughs> like, this is so bad because the beauty and the magic of improv is in the moment, like you're creating something right there and for you to create something right there, you have to be real. Like You have to be a real person on stage or a real, have real wants and all those different things. And if mm-hmm. your want is like, I'm going to be funny and goofy, then it's like, it's kind of like now like, oh, I'm watching TV, but I understand it's a TV and I understand it's all fake and like, I'm not sucked in. Yeah. So um, that's the most common mistake, like just trying to be funny, trying to like, like forgetting like all the improv um, skills that you learn, like you know who, who, what, where, you know, three line scenes, having a want, having a real character, being grounded, being actually in the scene. Those are all things that are important, and if you're going in and be like, oh, my butt's on fire, like every single scene, like it's gonna be so weird. But you <laughs> see that sometimes, so
1: yeah. What are attributes of good characters?
0: Um, some advice that I got that was really good when I was struggling at improv initially because my character sucked. Was like, um, like I remember there, so um, to sort of go back on my memory experience. And uh, Ruth, if you're ever listening to this, you totally know <laughs> what I mean. But I feel like when I, so there was a cohort of, so just to kind of back up. So my improv troop was eight and it was the emory team so it's the it's called rat it's official emory team and they have four members already so they're auditioning for four members um and there's like like either between 50 and 80 people that audition i forgot really
1: that many yeah
0: it was a f ton of people oh my god so like i would i'm still kind of surprised that i made it (laughs) and also i feel like there's some like back like there's some other reasons also I made it um that um, we can get into later. Um that they're more logistical. But um yeah so like I made it out I was like this is kinda nuts and I do feel like I had a good um what's it called? Uh audition. But then when I first started doing improv, um every single like practice I had, I bombed. I sucked and I felt so bad because I was like <laughs> I beat out all those people just to suck. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like they, I I should have just let one of them go. If I was gonna be this bad every fucking week, and I was having I was really struggling with my characters. And I remember two um there were these two other people that were really new that were like uh, the new people that were with us, um and their names were Noah and Haley. And uh, Noah is actually uh, he's still at Emory. He's graduating this weekend. But oh, um congrats. I like yeah, congrats Noah. If you, if you're ever listening to this? Let's just. Still listening to my podcast, just text me so we can grab, grab a beer. But, um, what's, what was I going to say? Yeah, so I asked Noah and Haley, I was like, how do you guys, like, have such good characters? And then they are like, dude, they're, they're not even really, like, I was like, how do you invent that? And they're like, we're not inventing them. They're just people we know.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: So, um, I started doing that. And, like, I also, like, started paying more attention to the people around me that I really know. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this guy can be a character so like sure a lot not. of the characters that I have like are just based on either people I know or characters I know like even um there's this really cool so during conservative practice there's this uh guy named Carson and he was like he, he had the character of the night he was like this coach in like the scene and he was just so funny and I went up to him and I was trying to test t- test the theory and I was like I was like that was a very good coach impression that he had that seat where'd you get that from <laughs> and he was like oh that was my coach I was like okay cool like Oh. So really good characters come from, like, real people in your life.
1: Okay, that's actually a really good point, because I always go out there with a blank slate Mm -hmm. and try to imagine Imagine things, as opposed to going out there with somebody already in mind. Yeah. Okay. Is a good way to look at it? What do you think your strengths are?
0: Um, My strength used to be, um, when I first... It was almost like a blessing and a curse. My first... So like, like I said, suck, 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 suck. Yeah. Every week I sucked, And then we had our first show and we're kind of, I was, I was kind of feeling weird about my first go show because like practice before I sucked. I was like, guys, I don't know if I'm ready for this show. <laughs> like I, I still really suck. Um, but I just kind of like, I don't know. I put my whole heart and soul into this show. And my first ever scene, we were playing, um, I'm not sure, were you there when I taught everyone Party Quirks? Yeah. Yeah. So we played Party Quirks. Or party tricks. I never remember improv game names wrong, <laughs> but you know the party game, and um, they assigned me like my trait was like a physical quirk, and I was um, half human, half turtle, and um, I was entering the party. And like I said, when I ex- explained this joke, it's not going to be that funny, but trust me, it fucking killed. But, <laughs> you had to be there. Yeah, you had to be there. But I was basically just like the like the joke was like I was just like a regular ass fucking guy and when I walked with my left side of my body, I was, like, total normal speed, but once it got to the right side of my body, I was slow motion, and that was it, that was a very simple <laughs> bit, uh, but it got a lot of laughs, I remember Noah specifically came up to me, he was, like, my mom, like, flew out or whatever to see my show, and the first thing she told me was, like, that pong guy in this turtle bit was really funny, and I think he called it against me, <laughs> which is so funny, um, but, uh, uh, yeah so that was like i that was like my first bit ever, and it killed, and it was a physical bit and every single show afterwards, they put me to physical games. I was like, Fuck <laughs> I don't want to do this forever, but no, that was my first strength, yeah but I do feel like my actual strength is kind of like my words. I feel like I'm really quick with like lines um yeah. people like um they're they're always talking about like my lines, or like my punch lines, my jokes and stuff, so mm-hmm. I mean and I started off doing stand up first. Over and stuff improv, so I feel like that's kind of how it trickled in.
1: Oh, I didn't know you did stand up.
0: Mm-hmm. I did oh. stand up since I was like seventeen, what? which is weird to say, just because like some people do stand up a ton, well, like one year, like a couple weeks, and they'll hit mics every single night, and some people would do like three mics a year. So like years don't really matter. But like yes. seventeen was the first time I did stand up. I did did pretty inconsistently.
1: But it, you've been thinking about it for that long. Yeah, I've been time. writing
0: for a while, and yeah. yeah, it was like it was the only way I knew how to do comedy, so.
1: Wow. I didn't know you did stand-up. Yeah. So, that one character that you do often, I don't really know how to describe it other than it has, like, a distinct voice. Yeah,
0: I, oh. I don't even know how to describe it. People, um, Christop- people say it sounds like <laughs> Christopher Walken.
1: Oh, I could see that.
0: Yeah. I don't even know. I genuinely don't know where it comes from. Yeah,
1: where does that character come from? Is it I don't like- know.
0: It's almost like my, like, blankie like, like <laughs> You're lanky, yeah i'll know what i'm gonna do in the scene, so i'm just gonna do that
1: well it's good to have something
0: yeah it's good to have use. i also got this like um what's it called uh uh notes once from like mm. an audition that we both were at actually <laughs> um and then it was like like chill with that voice i'm like yeah, you know what? you're right <laughs> like, really just, yeah
1: i've never heard anyone say they don't like it
0: well, like, it's just, like, to kind of expand. Like, I totally, yeah. like, I, I didn't take it the wrong way at all. Like, I yeah. see what they, saw what they meant, like, expand and kind of go abroad. But I, I have no clue where that character came from. I think I just would make fun of New Yorkers all the time and, like, try to do a <laughs> New Yorker voice. And it uh-huh. kind of would come out like that. But, um, yeah, I do that character and voice a lot.
1: I like it, though. Like, it's really good. Thank you. It's okay. just, we've been practicing together for a while now, so yeah. I feel like I have a good yeah. grasp on what you're going to do. you want yeah. some more?
0: Uh, like a tiny bit. I
1: don't know what I like more. The champagne or just holding one of the youth glasses?
0: Well, the champagne's really good.
1: Like,
0: Glad you like it. It's like straight up, like, I feel like it tastes better than the like Capri Sun. <laughs> yeah.
1: Honestly.
0: Honestly. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm so what do you think is something that people misunderstand about you if anything
0: oh geez everything i'm such a misunderstood soul really i'm, I'm kidding oh <laughs> that's sort of like <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know i feel like i'm pretty guarded though so like i totally get it if people don't really understand a lot about me
1: you are guarded but that's fine yeah
0: um, that was a goal though. I I recently had like a journal night and I wrote goals mm-hmm. for twenty twenty three and I was like, be less guarded. Be... How do you go
1: about being less guarded? I don't fucking know. <laughs> You're like, We're I, I wrote it, it out. down.
0: Yeah, <laughs> doesn't mean I know how to do it.
1: Um, um what's the best compliment you've ever received?
0: Like comedy wise?
1: Um, one normal life one.
0: Oh, uh, normal life. I don't know. Compliment. Like, the, remember... you
1: haven't had one that's hit you deep.
0: Not deep. Um, I, I like even if, if it has, was, like it's gonna be really hard to remember. I remember this one time I was walking through this bar called Loca Luna, which closed down because of multiple shootings. And then, um, yeah, but it was just really fun. Have you been to Havana? Um,
1: luckily I I have missed Havana,
0: Oh but I've it, heard about it. It's a great club. So Loca Luna is oh, like my. Havana without a cover and like like everything that comes with no cover. Ah. Oh um so uh it it was a great spot it was great dancing we loved the spot and i remember one of my friends um and i was also very recently single um so it was kind of like this uh and me and a whole bunch of my guy friends actually recently single so it was like that's a vibe yeah it was like a boys night we're going out we're going dancing and then um there's this uh train of girls walking out. like you know they'll like hold hands and try to go through the crowd (laughs) yeah they're leaving Um, and then the last girl on the train, like before she left, she like grabs me and she goes, Hey, you're really cute. And then she leaves and I still remember it. And like, er like, every, like every time, like I read online, like I got like, like a guy gets complimented and they're like, he's going to remember this for the rest of his life. It's so true. It's so true.
1: (laughs) She didn't even know the impact she had on you. (laughs) Yeah. No,
0: like compliment men more. I I actively try to compliment men more when I'm out. Like like, that's really
1: nice.
0: Because, like, we don't get compliments enough.
1: I try to compliment guys on their outfits because I think sometimes they really do try. But they don't, like, what, is another guy going to compliment them on their outfit? I feel like that's not going to happen. Not unless it's me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'll I'll do it.
1: Yeah. Or, like, my guy friends. Because sometimes, if you don't know the guy very well, I personally don't feel weird about complimenting them. Like, I wouldn't, Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be me, like, trying to flirt. That would just be me. Like, I like that color on you. But I think some girls maybe think that that's, like making a move or something yeah i don't know mm.
0: yeah some advice that i saw on tiktok was to just be more flirty with life it'll just make things more natural mm. so like instead of like oh i see one girl that i really want to flirt with and like this is my first time flirting ever and you're gonna be super weird because you yeah. they're just like oh there's someone in front of you in the grocery store and they look friendly maybe maybe talk to them i've never done it on TikTok. yeah <laughs> so i'm sure you've I'll never done it, it. you've never
1: it. gone to trader joe's
0: and no well i know like two days ago i went to kroger and i was holding two brands of rice pudding <laughs> and i couldn't decide and the kroger guy walked up to me and he was joking i didn't know he was joking but he was like you can only take one i was like oh yeah yeah no i'm gonna put one back and he, and he was like joking i was like oh yeah yeah no because i'm deciding yeah yeah and then um i was like i should have flirted with life a little bit more there and stopped, oh. not, not think he was like yelling at me but yeah, yeah it, it happens more often than i think people random people just wanted to talk to you so i'm gonna try to be more open to it i like that yeah
1: i'm trying to be a little bit less open to it maybe <laughs> Yeah,
0: <that's laughs> but fair. i'm
1: still open to it the other day i went to trader joe's and they have the nicest checkout people ever mm-hmm. i don't know why this guy we just got talking about my hometown because he was also from my hometown and I Mm -hmm. was like we're really bonding right now like we started talking about commercials that are like ingrained in my brain from when I was a child and like you know you're just watching TV the same commercials come on all the time Mm. and I was like whoa this is this is really meaningful sir I'm never gonna see you again but this has been great oh wow um okay how big is your inner circle friends and what is something that you think is important in a friend
0: I feel like I actually have like quite a few friends and it's something I'm really thankful for um but something that's really important just loyalty them being real to me them being like I've like uh what's it called just like I know who they are and they're not like terrible people yeah um but now I have some like friends i made through grad school and they're really great and um I just went to dinner with one of them yesterday and that was great um my friends from undergrad and they're like mostly like like my guy friends so it's like I think it's always healthy for a guy to have a group of like guys to be around um yeah and then I have like Vietnamese friends I used to be really um uh really active in this thing called the Vietnamese Student Association in undergrad so I have really agreed to friends there and also comedy you know that's kind of like a newer chapter in my life but I have a lot of friends in comedy too but um things are important I don't know just be real just be nice um I feel like I feel a little I don't know it's it's hard for me to put a like a a finger on why i'm someone's friend and i'm not someone's friend but i don't like people that are fake i don't like people that are performative i don't like people that are potentially toxic you know basic things
1: yeah i also don't like toxic friends yeah
0: (laughs) yeah um i do feel a little guarded sometimes because i like i've like this is just like a thing but like if you have a really good show people everyone wants to talk to you and then when you have a really bad show no one wants to fucking talk to you so, like, <laughs> it's, um, true. it's, like, if you have a lot of good shows and, then like, people, like, want to talk to you all the time, and you're, like, are you my friend? Because, like, you want to be my friend or because you think I'm really funny? And then yeah. once I have a bad show, you're going to move on to the next funny comedian. Yeah. So, um, that's a weird thing I've been going through, but.
1: Yeah. No, that that actually makes a lot of sense. And I've been thinking about that recently since we've been having our own shows, which, like, before mm-hmm. January, I wasn't, like, having my own shows or anything. So, just, like, seeing who is supportive like the the different levels of support that there are I guess and like right. for some people them coming up and like saying hi to you that is them being a good friend but it's like you've never come to any of my stuff right. <laughs> you know so I just like I noticed that or you know some really nice people that I know in the community will like reach out in moments where like you know you have a bad night or scene or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. or you like you do something awkward or something weird happens right and then when people text you the next day and they're like still reaching out like and being supportive it's like oh okay you didn't really care
0: right like
1: those kind of things happen but like that's not a reason to like everybody has those moments i don't know i don't know if that makes any sense
0: yeah you know it's a good friend when they uh they go to a bad show and then like i are these friends that went to a bad show it wasn't a bad show, but it wasn't a great show. And they still took me out afterwards. And I was like, okay, these are good friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I've also noticed that. Um, what's like a red flag in a person in terms of just like wanting them in your life? Because you know, sometimes you meet people and you're like,
0: I'm right. fine
1: being casual, but I don't necessarily want you to like be a big part of my life. Right. What's a red flag in someone that would turn you off to wanting to be their friend?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like having them in your life.
0: Also, this is just like a quick aside comment, but I feel like this is so funny. This is like an improv podcast and i feel like this is like a date <laughs> because it's like it's like what's a red flag Where you for a, partner? um are you how not, many kids did you say right? you wanted again <laughs> yeah um sorry a red flag in a person someone uh, those like tiktokers that like record themselves helping people
1: i mm-hmm. fucking
0: hate that but i i, I allow it it's kind of like the ice bucket challenge like in the end <laughs> it really helped a good cause yeah and it's that's how people are wired and the Took advantage of that, so I'm fine. <laughs> but, um, what do you think? People that are too serious, um, and I feel like that's weird because I feel like people view me as like a really serious guy.
1: You do seem serious. Yeah,
0: but, um, I, I don't know, I feel like, how do I, how do I say this without outing people? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I just feel like, you know, life's not, life's, life's, too short to like uh take things too seriously sometimes or so, like we're all doing comedy and like I get that like comedy deletes opportunities and comedy is really important for people but then at the end of the day like what's important is that, like we're still friends and that we are having fun and that we you know um and there are like other things in comedy that are important too. So Yeah. Um not even too serious about that. Ugh, red flags it's hard just like I mean all the standard stuff, just don't be a don't be a bad person. <laughs> don't be a clout chaser don't yeah be hopping from person to person don't be a lot of things Mm -hmm. yeah
1: there are many red flags yeah that's for sure but i didn't know if there was like something that you like were immediately turned off by in friends just
0: anything anyone being performative
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like um yeah i really like i've always been the type i have a lot of friends that i think are kind of mean but, like, I, it's completely, like, uh, I have this friend, um, uh, his name is Dennis. And I feel comfortable saying this because there are many Dennis's. So, like, <laughs> so many. It's not, um, yeah, so I don't, you guys don't know this Dennis. Um, so, um, but this Dennis is, like, I'm, like, mean to him. And he's, like, mean to me. But we also, like, we're playing video games. We're always, like, talking crap about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, we, we're also always being, like, really real with each other. And I would much prefer that than, like, I've met so many people that, like, will smile at you and be so nice to you and then talk shit behind your back, you know? Yeah. So that's, like, the biggest red flag. Like, I don't, like, whenever someone's, like, almost too nice to me, I'm always, like, all right, I'll, I'll figure out what the real you is. Yeah, yeah. Eventually. And sometimes you're actually just nice people. I'm like, okay. Touche world.
1: Yeah. No, I've talked Touché. to Jean about this on the podcast, actually, yeah. because he's, like, a really nice person, and he has, like, a really nice first impression, that's for sure. Yeah. And I remember when I met him, I was like, this dude is so fucking fake. Like, nobody's nice like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think you always put on a good show when you're meeting new people, yeah. but you can clearly see that's, you know, some yeah. people, like, it really is fake.
0: Yeah.
1: I couldn't even, I mean, the effort that that takes
0: yeah no and i put in like no effort <laughs> so <laughs> um that's why people always think i'm super serious but um no yeah i don't know i, just, I love i love it when people are real and people people get it from me so i always will tell you how i feel so
1: i get that i get like you you either won't say anything or you'll say your honest opinion you're not gonna yeah. fluff it up with anything yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: what's like the most important department in your life like, what, what do you focus on the most on a daily basis? And like, what do you think about the most?
0: Oh, well, um, I feel like a I have a very balanced view in life. Like, I don't think, I mean, like, like family is obviously super important and like that's the most important thing by far. Um, but like other things like career, I feel like is also very important. Comedy is also very important. Friends, interpersonal relationships, romantic, the re- romantic side of my life is also very important having hobbies, being healthy, you know, um, going to the gym and just hiking and stuff like that. Um, these are, I mean, like, I don't think there's any one besides family, of course, but like, um, I don't really think there's anyone that's like super important. That's also why I feel like I've kind of like, I hope one day I make it big in comedy, but like, I hear all these stories of people like sleeping on sofas and, you know, like just living on their own and like doing all this crazy shit and then they finally get their big break in comedy and I will never fucking do that I will always like yeah (laughs) I will always have a hotel like I will (laughs) will, there's no like and not that like I'm bougie or anything by any means but like I never want to have to struggle to that extent so yeah I like to have a really balanced life approach I feel like it's taken me quite a long time to kind of build it up like this and I feel like that's also why um sometimes uh I feel either at odds or I you know I feel like sometimes um my mindset's kind of like disrespectful to other comedians because they're like ride or die comedians they're like this is my dinner you know yeah um or like you know comedy is like my life my craft and I love comedy I live and breathe it I think about it all the time I spend so much time doing comedy but um I would never say it's the most important thing in my life Really? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Outside of family and career, for sure. And you said you have other hobbies. What are other things you're doing?
0: Yeah, I mean, um well, I would say that comedy is by far my my biggest hobby or yeah, yeah, profession. I don't know, whatever to call it.
1: It's weird. Yeah. Um,
0: but, uh, yeah, I, I guess like career, family, hobbies. Like if I have a, if I if I had a partner, I don't know. If for some reason my partner had like a lung condition and she could never laugh anymore i don't really know how like I, there's like a, a reason for me to cut out comedy but like i mean if that's like if that's like you know my wife or whatever for example like that's fine like i mean i'll like laugh I, i'll go watch 21 jump street or whatever every once in a while like in the corner
1: dire circumstances yeah,
0: this is a really fucked up metaphor this, yeah. this might be grounds of editing out i don't know but like um, (laughs) who knows yeah but uh no i feel like yeah i I love comedy but i would never say it's like the most important thing to me um but that being said i feel like anyone that knows me knows how many hours i put into it yeah and how much i practice it and um i'm also more of the type of person I'll i'll just put my money where my mouth is like instead of telling you how much i love comedy i'll just show you and like do the comedy and do the shows and get better yeah um but yeah I, I stand pretty strongly by that like I would never say comedy is the most important part of my life like especially like like if I've had kids like, like oh god sorry Timmy <laughs> I gotta do this fucking fireman bit so
1: <laughs> you're not eating tonight I gotta go kill yeah. it at this jam
0: yeah life is so much more than one thing I, I think uh, been, well, that's yeah. pretty
1: good that you can give it that much commitment even though it's not even in your top two like and you're still giving it that much time and energy
0: yeah and i'm not saying like comedy isn't important to me yeah I, like, yeah, funny yeah my entire life or i've tried to be at least um and like i'm done praying so i like used to try to have this like youtube page i tried to like do all this shit um but yeah i mm-hmm. i commit to it a lot but um yeah because i i, I genuinely do feel like sometimes i meet people and like comedy is like more important than family. <laughs> like, more, yeah. more important than, like, no, really. other things. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's,
1: so. I've also found that recently now that I've been collaborating with people more to, like, actually have practices or shows or right. get things done, that you can just tell the place that it holds right. in their life. And it's so much, like, everybody's reason for being there is so different. Right. So it's, like, you can't really hold everyone to the same standard in that respect. It's more so, like, like, I would say with you, like, if you say you're going to show up, you'll show up. Like, mm-hmm. there's no, like, flakiness with you. Right. So, that's, like, the most important thing. But, because it's, like, even if it's not that important to you and it's just, like, a hobby, if you commit to, like, a a thing, you got to do the thing. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those things. But how have you changed over the past year, do you think?
0: I was just... Ugh, this is a hard question. I was just talking to um, Madeline about this. Um... But I feel like I'm better. I feel like I'm more consistent. I feel like improv, if you don't really get funnier, you just get more consistent. Like you'll yeah. have like a good night. Um and then you just want to have that good night more often. Um, so yeah. yeah, I've been getting a lot more consistent. I feel like especially when I first started, there's I sometimes had bad nights, sometimes I had good nights, but now it's mostly like either a good night or an okay night. Hopefully n- not a bad night, but like it's it's happening a lot less often. Yeah, yeah. Um a lot more confidence on stage a lot more, like, I know a lot more people now, and, like, um, the community's, like, really great, and I feel like a lot, I feel like I, like, can walk into a space and, you know, really, it's always awkward walking to a party and not knowing anyone, so I feel like I'm not that anymore in comedy. Yeah. Um, mm, small burp. Mm. (laughs) Let me think.
1: Take all the time you need.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've had a lot of good accomplishments, too, like, I've had, um, I did this last summer, like, my first sold-out improv show in, like, a, like you know, like, a, over 100, maybe 250 seats? I don't... I forget. Wow. But it was to, by a total accident. But <laughs> <laughs> it was when Mark... Uh, Mark Evan Jackson? Mark Evan... Mark Evan Jackson. Yeah. Is this the dad's? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was total by chance. Mark Evan Jackson uh, was, be, like, was scheduled for the same show that I was going to be on. Um, it was kind of, like... It was another one of the shows where I like, I have to and kill it. And I did really well. Like I killed it. so um, But I got that out of my belt. And then I had a really big show with my sketch stuff. Like that um, vaguely specific productions. Yeah. Um, final showcase. Um, that was a really big show. And that's a really big accomplishment for, for me. So I've had some really big comedy accomplishments. Um, and I feel like my next, like another one of my goals, I wrote my journal, was I want to have like a 100 plus venue show for like my stand up. Like through my merits. Like not like an open mic or like I won a lottery or something, but like I want like maybe like being in an opener for like a huge guy or like I don't know, even being invited to like one of these like ensemble shows where these get a whole bunch of funny stand up comedians in the have like a, a venue. Um I've been been putting enough work into stand up and that's something that's really important for stand up so I need to get on that. But that's my goal for this year. So it's
1: a pretty big goal, honestly.
0: Yeah, but also... But it's obtainable. I mean, I did it for Sketch and Improv, so why not Wow,
1: triple threat. Are you going to, like, pick up the guitar next?
0: I just donated my guitar. I gave it to Malik.
1: Malik Whitfield?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's funny.
1: He just recently started learning guitar. That's what made me think about it. Because we went to a concert yesterday, and I have never wanted to be in a band so bad. Yeah. It looked so badass, and it was like a medium-sized venue, mm-hmm. so not so small that it's just like in your friend's backyard, but right. not like the nineteen seventy-five or anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so fun! Yeah, like I was thinking about it all day because I, I don't know about you. I don't know if you're a concert person, but I've only been to concerts in big venues for the most part, right. and I think they're very unsatisfying.
0: I love like smaller venue concerts. Um, I went to one recently. Um, it was it was at date actually, and I didn't, had no clue who the people were, but it was such a cool experience, because I, like, we really get, like, you know, even at the end of the show, like, we were still reasonably close to the stage, everyone there was such a vibe, like, everyone mm-hmm. was there, like, they kind of dressed how I thought they would dress, like, you know, for, like, <laughs> I think it was, like, an indie rock band, um, and it was just, like, so much more, and, like, I, all my favorite concerts have been before some of my artists got really big, like, I remember I went to this AGR concert, and I was able to be right at the stage. Um and it wasn't that expensive. Went to a Chelsea color um concert and the same thing, pretty close. So yeah. I love those venues. What is like huge, like a fa- I hate festivals. I hate really? being sweaty. I hate I don't know. Once I like almost like actually no. <laughs> Not gonna say that publicly, but like <laughs> I've not have the best experiences at festivals. Yeah. But, it's, I mean, it's fun. I'm glad I went to them, but I don't think I'd ever go. Maybe, like, Coachella once, just to say I've been to Coachella, or, like, you no, know, one of the big ones, but.
1: Yeah. I I think about going all the time. I always flirt with the idea of going, and nope. Yeah. Just looks like a little bit of a nightmare, but it also looks like a cool experience, but, like, yeah. the, the dirt alone. Yeah. Too much for me. It is a lot. It's just not enjoyable. <laughs> right. Like I would, I like to be comfortable.
0: But it it's like a three-hour concert and I get to shower afterwards, we're chilling. Yeah.
1: Last night, my the T-shirt that I bought cost more than the ticket. <laughs>
0: how much was the T-shirt? <laughs> Thirty-five. Oh, that's not too bad.
1: I know. Well, that's like the going rate for a yeah. T-shirt. I feel like at because that's really how they make most of their money. And like, I get that yeah. it's hard to make money as an indie artist yeah. in music, music. It's art. like
0: USB CDs, and I was like T-shirts. Um. Yeah, I have a lot, a lot of random T-shirts and crap I bought in Japan that, like, I was buying for souvenirs, and I was like, "My cousins don't want these." So, <laughs> like, you always buy random crap you don't need. Um, do you have a
1: favorite travel memory?
0: Travel memory, I have a lot. I, I feel like life is like made up of the memories that you make. So I'm, I love traveling. I love like, I, I. It's really I don't know. I was I was gonna say something and. I realized that'd be hypocritical because I was going to say, it's hard for me to say no, but then also recently said no to like going to um, <laughs> an event with you recently. That was really big. I was only just, no to some things. Only no to some <laughs> things. But like, um, yeah, I, for my 21st birthday, I went to a festival um, called um, Voodoo in New Orleans. And I took a one way ticket to New Orleans, like the night before my birthday. And my birthday was the festival. And then Sunday night, I drove back with a couple of dudes back to college to take an exam at like 8am and I made it just in time. And that was like a great, that was such a great 20, like way to turn 21. Um, my first time in Japan, that was such a dream come true. I basically did everything I wanted to do um, and it was like a solo trip. So I didn't need to plan anything, but in my, in my most recent trip to Japan, I was with a group of guys and that was my second time ever learning how to ride a bike. And we biked for, like, they biked for 26 miles. I biked for 13, and I stopped because my legs gave up. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, you it was can't mostly just like, hop
1: on a bike and ride 26 miles. Like, you have to train for that.
0: No, it was insane. Um, and actually, that morning, I, like, was really proud of myself because we all had the bikes. This is, like, kind of one of my favorite memories of the trip. I woke up at, like, 5 a.m., and I, like, we were living in this, like, kind of small neighborhood in Kyoto, I'm um, just like, it was just a whole bunch of squares, and like no one is in the street. So I took the bike out and I was practicing, like in the road and like wobbling. And eventually I got it and I practiced, like making, like right, like I, I first like went up and down, up and down. And then I did like right turns around the block, left turns. And they're like these like grandmas, like taking their morning walks and just cheering me on. And it also like, took a wholesome uh, memory. And then I was like, I, I got this. And then I did 13 miles and I was like, and then in like the middle of the street, I felt every, like, muscle in my lower body cramp up. And I was like, I can't do this anymore.
1: 13 is impressive.
0: Yeah, I, I was imp- I was proud of myself. I was like, you know what? I did what I could. I went back. To- I walked. I couldn't ride the bike anymore. I walked with my bike back to the um, Airbnb home. And I took a huge bath. It
1: was great. <laughs> oh, those showers hit.
0: Yeah, it was great.
1: Yeah, I recently... I, I wanted to get back into running because... I don't know I, I'm sensing that I need like an adrenaline rush in my life and like I my sister used to work at soul Cycles, so we used to go cycling and that was really fun but she recently that's quit. a
0: crazy mostly when people want adrenaline in their lives they're not like let me do something that's gonna help my heart rate they'd be like doing other things so good for you yeah. <laughs> well I'm
1: not jumping out of a plane I'll tell you that much right. um, <laughs> do you have any like real life fears you know for me it's like heights and sharks
0: i mean it used to be like spiders and stuff but ever since like i feel like i've kind of become like the man in my house now and like now like my my sister and my mom says there's like a bug like it's like oh it's i'm the last chain of defense like command it's up to me so Um, (laughs) it's up to me (laughs) yeah so i mean i have and also like something um i didn't realize hairspray kills the f out of any bug really think about how sticky it is and like if it's a flying bug or like Where were
1: you like last week? I had a really big spider in here. It honestly ruined my morning. Really? I ha- I'm not even spray. being dramatic.
0: Take some hairspray. Well, yeah.
1: cuz okay, do you see that crack over there kind of like between the chair and my desk?
0: Yeah, the crack is really close to us right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was right in that corner, a huge spider, and I didn't even know how to go about it because I couldn't hit it straight on. It was in a corner.
0: Yeah, it hairspray. ruined
1: my morning. I kept throwing shoes at it, and then I lost it at one point. But it's behind. It was behind my desk, and you I never had a meeting. To get
0: close, yeah. Noted. And hairspray is like not really toxic or anything either. So it's was like, yeah.
1: One of my old landlords, I used to just call him, <laughs> call him when I saw a spider, and he would come kill it for me.
0: That's the nice landlord.
1: Yeah. Well, we lived in the same house. Oh, so. uh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. It was a little bit easier for him, but still, <laughs> I thought about. I thought about calling my front desk here and be like, hey, can you set up one of those guys? Wow.
0: <laughs> set up a guy. I paid
1: for pest control. I might as well.
0: <laughs> Get it. For the single spider. I'm just kidding. But she's not.
1: Um, <laughs> but not really.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, this one time there's like I had this lamp that's kind of like a bowl, you know, with a light bulb in it. And I saw something scurrying in the lamp and the lamp's kind of high. And I was like, what the fuck is that? I look inside. It's like a cockroach the size of a golf ball. It's so big and it's just mm. like, it's like stuck in the bowl, you know, so I couldn't get out. I was like, what the fuck? So yeah. like, and like, I like hate killing things. Like I, I like, yeah, like it's sometimes it's a, if it's a spider, I was like, dude, circle of life. I'm sorry, man. You got circle of life. <laughs> if it's a small spider, I'm like, I'll let you live. And then if it's a bigger spider, I'm like, I I let you live and, and now you die. Like <laughs> it's, you have enough time, but no, it was a huge <laughs> cockroach. And I like, I you can't really scoop it out or anything like that. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So, I literally took the lamp outside. And then I, like, like hoisted the cockroach out of the lamp. And it landed on my lawn. And it felt like I threw a baseball. Like, it, like, just thud on the ground. It was so big. I was, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how. And I looked it up. And it was, like, a dirt cockroach or something. I was like, how'd you get in my house?
1: I have so many questions. It was so
0: big. Like, <laughs> and how'd you get in the lamp? Like <laughs> Follow-up question. how yeah, did it you get like, in the five lamp? Five feet tall like what the fuck <laughs> this one time when i was five i think i was five i'm a very big cuddler and like i would i and then the summer it was really hot it sounds kind of sad but it's not i would like <laughs> cuddle the wall because the wall's really cool like i would just like um yeah like i remember the, yeah, whatever that paint whatever paint it was the wall's really cool and I, it was so hot in the summer and yeah, <laughs> we're like it, it was either we were broke or frugal i don't know but like we never paid for ac <laughs> Um, so I, I would just sleep literally like my my body, like cuddling the wall, like against the wall. And this one time I was cuddling the wall and I looked down like at the wall, like where my stomach is and there's this spider. I thought it was the size of like a baseball. It, my parents told me it was smaller, but like, it was probably like the trauma too. Cause I thought it was like, it had like green ooze and like, it was just like huge, <laughs> but it, it traumatized the shit on me.
1: Oh, yikes.
0: Um, yeah and I, that was just an unlocked memory that we just went through like i for, totally forgot about it but for at least the first 12 years of my life i would shiver like i think about it shiver um,
1: can you sp- i know you can speak at least two other languages
0: uh yeah i speak uh i was gonna say american I, I speak <laughs> no english and vietnamese um and i know enough spanish like i know enough where like if i if you give me like a week i could be pretty good um but off the top of my head i sound like a three-year-old um and i barely know any japanese i was like our japanese speaker in japan with my group of guys and it was the worst idea ever someone lost their phone and i was like trying to get help and talking to people and that was so bad
1: (laughs) good learning experience yeah
0: it's
1: funny what do you think is the most important thing that travel teaches you
0: I mean I I don't know like I guess how big the world is how different things are how um I feel like that's a lot of I don't know it's kind of like a privileged lesson though yeah yeah at first I was gonna say I I, did something some people in Georgia could learn but also like it's really expensive to go outside the country and like yeah so that's a privileged mindset that I just uh put out but yeah just like how big the world is and also um you can learn a lot from other people. And I guess it depends on the situation too. Cause I remember when I went back to Vietnam, I was learning about my home, which was really cool. But also I saw a lot of people that are less fortunate and it just kind of made me realize like, oh shit, like those people didn't do anything wrong, but um, they're in that situation. So I should A, be thankful for where I am, but also B, try to do something that helps them out somehow or at least doesn't make the world worse. It's yeah. never so shitty, so. Um, yeah, it just adds perspective, I guess, but I mean, travel is mostly for you, it's like, it's not like you're reading a book, you're going out, eating sushi, getting really drunk, sleeping in hostels. I was going to go to Austin, I was, well, I'm going to go to Austin, but I was going to book a hostel, I was like, I'm too old for this, (laughs) i got, like, my own room.
1: (laughs) I've never stayed in a hostel, but I have stayed in one of those shared Airbnbs where you, like, share a bathroom with other rooms, Um, which... I'm not opposed to staying in hostels. I just have heard a lot of horror stories and it's never something that I've cared to. I'm like, I'd rather uh, like work more and spend more money on an Airbnb.
0: Yeah, a part of the hostel is the fun. Like Mm. if you are into the party scene and you're into drinking all night and like you're going to be obnoxious anyways, and you're fine (laughs) with being around obnoxious people, like, like it's like camp, you know, like it's fine. But if you're looking for, you know, a chance to pee and peace or anything like that, like, you know, or, you know, wear, you have to wear earplugs for sure. Really? In hostels. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of drunk young people.
1: That sounds so fun, though, a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you'd want to talk about? I
0: don't know. Wow, you're kicking me out don't kick me out no stay but I'm sure you have shit to
1: do
0: I mean you know what I'm gonna do after this but that's not until um starts at 10.30 should probably leave around 9.50 so okay okay. I mean podcast wise uh listen listen to Riley's podcast y'all it's really cool um if there if there are any listeners um, oh jeez I don't know
1: You're doing so well I don't
0: know what to say. What's
1: something that people can expect from you Upcoming Expect Anything new Any new like projects that you're working on Or shows Um,
0: I don't know Just just look out I really do think this like 100 plus venue Stand up comedy show is gonna happen One of these days So you know Go to that It's gonna be funny My stand up I, I already am pretty confident in my set I need to write more I need to have more sets and more jokes mm-hmm. But the set that I do have I like it a lot um I might start I, I've been thinking about starting like a TikTok or a YouTube page where really? posting like comedy clips I already have. Um yeah. just because they're already there. Um Yeah. Go to conservatory stuff, go to just just support Atlanta improv and I might be there. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> There's a good yeah. chance you will be. <laughs> yeah. So well thank you for joining, Fall. Yeah, this is great. I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. And I will see you
0: soon. (laughs) Now.